Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just before we hook up with the Edmonton Oil Kings GM, Kurt Hill, I want to tell you, Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. All right. As promised, let's head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And we welcome back a guy who has built as deep a team as we've seen in the Western Hockey League in a long time. The Edmonton Oil Kings are the last WHL team to win the Memorial Cup. That was back in 2014. This year's Oil Kings team has four first-round picks, five members of Team Canada uh, as World Junior Team, basically seven point-per-game forwards. Kurt Hill, GM of the Oil Kings, joins us. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. It's been waiting for this day for a long time. You have, and you've had a bunch of guys out of lineup. Jake Neighbors didn't play for several weeks. Uh, you stepped up and went and got Caden Gooley, the Montreal Canadiens' first-round pick. He hasn't played, I think, for the last month. And I guess that's where I'm going to go here. You open up tonight, 7 p.m., oilkings.ca for tickets to the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Are you going to have most of your top-end players back in the lineup? Yeah, everybody's everybody's going to be in the lineup tonight. Uh, we have one uh, horseman's day today, but other than that, we're uh, everyone's in. Well, uh, and let's start on defense with Caden Gooley because that was a blockbuster trade. I think he gave up two number ones to get him from the Prince Albert Raiders. This is a guy that I believe will not play in uh, uh, the HL next season. Uh, I think he's going to make the Montreal Canadiens to start the year. I mean, he is it, it. Would it be fair to say he's probably the best defenseman in your league? Oh, I think that's fair, yeah. So just tell me, you know, uh, he kind of suffered a, a bit of a, uh, a tough – Was did he get hurt in a fight? Yeah, he got hurt in a fight in Swift, yeah. But but it was not it was not a facial injury or a hand injury. It, it, it was it just lost his balance on the fight, lower body issue. So he's back and ready to go. How much of an impact did he make on your team, Kurt, once you got him? Well, uh, I mean, he played three games before he went to the World Juniors, but they were pretty meaningful, I guess, at the start there. We had the big showdown in Winnipeg before everyone left for the World Juniors, and, you know, he scores a game-winning goal in that game. And then, you know, we went on a pretty good stretch here when those guys kind of came back, and we got everybody healthy for about a month before we kind of started getting hit with the injury bug here over the last six weeks. But, yeah, he's a guy, again, he you know, he can play big minutes. He he does everything well. And, he, he, you know, he's a leader, a guy that was a captain of his team, and, you know, on a group that we have, we're an older group at the same time. But, you know, when you're bringing in those quality of people with the leadership abilities that he has, he, you know, he's got a pretty big voice in our room. Uh, we're joined by Kurt Hill. We're talking about Caden Gooley. He's got five goals, 25 points, and 25 games with the Oil Kings, plus 22. He's a Montreal Canadiens first-round pick, 16th overall in 2020. And, I, I, I mean, you mentioned that you're pretty excited. You guys didn't get a chance to complete the 1920 season when you had a real good year. Last year... There was no playoffs. It's, it's hey, you got a chance to play for something, don't you? <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Other than a, I guess a, a, set, a central division bubble trophy, uh, <laughs> we ended up winning. But yeah, we haven't played for you know a meaningful 
playoff game, obviously since 2019 when, you know, it was my first year with the team. Expectations of the group were, were kind of unknown going into that year. And, you know, we had a, ended up having a pretty good group in the playoffs that year getting to the third round. But it's been a long time coming for a lot of the guys that, you know, got beat by PA that year and guys we've now integrated into our organization. All right, so Sebastian Kosa is your number one net minder. He went 33-9-3. and He's a Detroit Red Wings first-round pick at 2.28 goals against Savage. 9.13 save percentage. Now, he wasn't at 9.41 like he was a year ago, uh, but he did end up uh, with uh, six shutouts on the year. He's got 14 in his WHL career. Uh, he did, I think it's, is it fair to say he had some up and downs during the course of this season, Kurt? Yeah, that's, that's, that's very fair. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, last year we were playing the same teams. We were insulated in a bubble, and, you know, it was it was easier this year with travel. And, you know, it, it, a lot of those high-end guys in our team just having such an awkward year with being gone to camps and then being gone to the World Juniors. And then we, you know, in, in regard to dealing with COVID at different points. And, you know, so I think a lot of adversity was dealt with, with a lot of those guys. And, you know, at times Kosa dealt with that adversity too, but, and over the last couple of weeks here, I thought he's played uh, played very well. I think Jake, to me, Jake Neighbors reminds me of sort of a modern day, you know. Well, I mean, he's still in the league, but uh, Dustin Brown that plays for the LA Kings. Like uh, Dustin Brown's been a top line guy, top six player for the last uh, basically 15 years. Uh, Jake got into nine games for the St. Louis Blues. I, I think there might have been a point where you're wondering if you're going to get him back. He's dealt with some injury challenges. He's got a point and a half per game, 45 points in 30 games does he drive your offense up front well i mean we got a lot of offensive pieces up there i think he 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 drives the physical power forward offense so you know obviously and when you get into a series and you get into some tight games you know he can really take his game to that next level and you know he just gives gunther and gives sort of so much more room out there and you know getting pucks and going into the corner winning battles and he just brings that physical presence that you need when we get to this point of the season uh you mentioned dylan gunther 45 goals 91 points kind of got better as the season went on didn't he he did yeah and i think yeah i think you see it a lot with guys coming back from from nhl camps and you know it took him a little bit a little bit to get going get back adjusted to the pace that we play at you know at this level and you know like you said as things as the season went on and the games got more important and you know guys started to push and lean on him a little bit more he just got better which you know those elite players tend to do you talked about justin sort of who you acquired in another blockbuster trade with the uh, vancouver giants 39 points in 28 games how did he round out your offense another centerman was huge for us you know i think if we wanted to have three lines we wanted to add one more guy in the middle um and you know he's just he does everything again another one of these guys is the leader of his team in vancouver so he brings you the leadership um you know he's a guy that's been deep in the playoffs before him and Gooley playing in the western hockey league final that year when we got beat out by pa and you know some of our guys got that playoff experience but you know from the offensive side he's got an elite shot and you know, he's probably the most athletic player in our team. When you start looking at the plays he can make, it's, he's a he's a pure athlete. He's a Florida third-round pick. We're joined right now by Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. you got other support players. Such was better than a point per game. He's an undrafted 20-year-old. Uh, Josh Williams is a sniper. You know, 30-plus goal scorer this year for you. you got lots of offense. Uh, Williams ended up with 34. And then a, a guy that I kind of – he's an interesting player to watch was Jakob Demick. He's a Vegas fourth-round draft choice and he a uh, pretty effective center for you as well yeah i think that's a you know Jakob. i think's a guy that vegas stole in the fourth round just with his i think guys are a little bit hesitant on his skating and just 
Slovakia is relegated from that main pool, so I don't think guys got to see him a lot, you know, at international events. So he was a little bit hidden, and you know, with his frame being six four and being a real big man, strong out there and good in the faceoff dot, he's a guy that just brings lots of intangibles, and his hockey sense is off the charts. I mean, he's he's made so many significant and amazing passes to Williams this year. You know, he's really helped Josh get the, a lot of the, the numbers that he has as well. Kurt, there's a feeling out there that the Western League isn't like the Western League of old. Well, that's fair. I mean, we don't have Punch McLean. We don't have Bill LaForge coaching teams anymore. You don't have six or seven guys on a team with, you know, 125-plus minutes. But your team was a team that had players that were willing to physically engage. Kubasek ended up with 133 pims this year. Uh, Jackson Weep came from Red Deer. He certainly was willing to drop the flippers. Logan DeHoniak fought a bunch of times. Shea Van Ohm was another guy that got, you know, uh, ended up fighting quite a bit. Your team didn't take any crap out in the ice, did they? They didn't, and I think that just comes with being, you know, one of the elite teams in the league. Guys bring their A game against you every night, and everybody wants to be in. You know, there were some games we got up, and teams want to send them, try to send a message and push back, and, you know, our guys aren't afraid to play that style of hockey. And when when games get physical and, you know, they get they get tight, our, our team is ready to play that way as well. And, you know, that's something we knew if we were going to go on a, you know, go on a long run this year, we were going to have to address that and get a little bit bigger and a little bit more physical because getting through the Western Hockey League playoffs, I mean, I know it's not the old school Western League, but there's still a different element than, than the other two leagues, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you had a plus 113 goal differential this year with Brad Lowry, your head coach. You won 50 games. Uh, Brent Kissio's teams, uh, and I know I may, and I don't, I didn't see them play as much this year, but I saw them a couple times in the bubble last year. I thought they were a little undisciplined, uh, but they did win 33 games, and they they tend not to be timid. They're they can be an aggressive team as well. How have you guys matched up against them this year? Well, you know the season series was six two, and uh, you know it's they're a, they're a different team than they were at the start of the year. I mean, I think. Uh, if you were if you were talking to Pete, he would he would probably say he went through a bit of a quiet rebuild this year and making some moves and holding moving some older guys out and and adding a lot of pieces that were a little bit younger, um, you know. So I think they're they were in a, obviously in a different stage, but you know, looking over their last ten games here, they've been playing some pretty good hockey and you know they're uh, they're a team you can't take lightly they're well coached and you know they always have great special teams and you know it's going to be something and a big challenge we're going to have to get up for here and the pete you refer to as pete anholt the longtime general manager he's worked in the whl forever they do have an edmonton kid justin hall it's got 34 goals and 74 points this season he leads them up front best of luck uh we'll touch base uh you know on a weekly basis between uh, you and brad lauer uh, and hopefully we're doing this for several weeks on your whl playoff draft Drive, Kurt. Thanks for having me, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. That's Kurt Hill. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. It's 144 in Edmonton. And yeah, you take a look at the penalty minutes for Lethbridge way down a year ago. Uh, they were a more aggressive, I thought, a more aggressive team. Uh, but uh, they ended up, uh, you know, hanging around a bit. And as uh, Kurt mentioned, doing a bit of a quiet rebuild in the WHL. Edmonton loaded for this year's run again. Five members of Team Canada's World Junior Team, goaltender Sebastian Kosa, Caden Gooley on the fence, uh, Jake Neighbors, Dylan Gunther, and Justin Sordiff, who came over in the trade from Vancouver. Uh, four first-round picks, you know, uh, Kosa, first-rounder of Detroit, Gooley, a first-rounder of the, the Canadians, Gunther, a first-rounder of Arizona, and uh, Neighbors, a first-rounder of St. Louis, who's going to be on the Blues next season. I think that's a stone-cold more. In fact, frankly, uh, three of the four 
are going to be on their NHL teams next year. Given the state of the Montreal Canadiens defense, Caden Gooley is going to be on that team on the left side. Uh, Aaron, you know, you look at Arizona and Dylan Gunther, he's going to be playing. I mean, they need players. He's <laughs> Dylan Gunther is going to go. There's going to be playoff dates where they've got eight to 10,000 fans at some of the games for the Oil Kings and, and maybe get to twelve to 15,000 if they get in the WHL final. And then next year, they'll play in the desert in front of 4,500 fans. When we come back, one of the greatest moments in Edmonton Oilers history when we return in this day in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers now, and it is 145 in Edmonton. Jason from Sangudo, he always makes me laugh. He says, Bob, I dropped the flippers today cooking breakfast. I wasn't afraid. All right, a couple things on that. Uh, yes, the dropping the uh, flippers, um, I believe that was a Terry Evans phrase. Terry Evans, a little-known fact, uh, he's a longtime uh, morning guy here in town, big sports fan, uh, used to do the public address at the Edmonton Ice Game in the mid-1990s. That's correct. Sort of the mid to late 90s before the ice ended up moving to Kootenai. And then they subsequently went from Kootenai to uh, Winnipeg. And I believe he was the one that coined the phrase, dropping the flippers. Uh, and then you, what, what, breakfast? You cook breakfast? Do people cook breakfast? I, like for me, breakfast is Bailey's and coffee and a sugar-free rock star. And for a year and a half, I thought it kept the COVID away. At least that's what I told people. Not sure that was necessarily the case. All right. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, is Putin responsible for the face-off losses in last night's game? It's definitely part of his plan. Oh, he says, I think that Putin is responsible for the face-off losses in last night's game. It was definitely part of the game. You know what? Dallas took the orders to the woodshed in the first. Colorado in town tomorrow. That's the biggest weakness in their game. They're not. uh, Connery's had an abnormal year. He's back in the lineup, but he's sub-50%. He's a guy that's been around 55 56% some years. And Nathan McKinnon's at 45% in the face-off circle as well. Uh, and this one comes in saying, Bob, you and me have the same kind of breakfast. That's a good breakfast. Uh, and Ben says, holy smokes, Bob, Escott's succession plan gets closer by the day with that diet. Oh, no. I mean, there's media guys in town with worse diets than that that have lasted a long, long time. So take it for what it's worth. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We'll now go to one of the most contentious uh, debates we're going to have. Not. As we go to list day in Oilers history, it is brought to you by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great Oilers playoff roadie, you can register. For once we get everything worked out, 100% who they're going to play. Hey, strong possibility it's going to end up being the... L.A. Kings, Los Angeles at Staples Center. Uh, oh, wait, it's not. What's it called now? It's got a new name. Crypto.com. Or- Good work. Way to jump in there. Crypto.com. Well done, Brendan. Uh, yes, the Oilers and the Kings were likely headed to, uh, to that with Edmonton uh, being the two seed with two more victories. All right. So uh, you can visit newestravel.com to register for the potential to join us on the Oilers now roadie. And it's not a debate. Wayne Gretzky says it's the greatest goal he scored as an Edmonton Oiler, and between the regular seasonal playoffs, he scored over 650 goals. On this date, Wayne Gretzky did this. Here he goes after the puck. He's played all night. Wayne Gretzky in on goal. Just scores in overtime. Gretzky gets the winner. Edmonton win 5-4. 
Now, there you go. Is that Jim Robson with the call? I believe that is. Uh, Brennan, he's from uh, your province. Uh, yeah, great play-by-play voice. Um, I, I know where I was when this happened. Wayne Gretzky scoring a shorthanded goal, 7.54 of overtime to give the Oilers a 5-4 win at the Olympics, Sandalome in Calgary. Game two of the Smite Division Finals. It was the, just the third shorthanded overtime winner in Stanley Cup history. Fernando Pisani did that as well in 2006, 18 years later. Uh, I, on this date that night, was skating at Confederation Arena with the Primetime Barons. And we were sitting in the dressing room listening to Rod Phillips, who I would later have the privilege of broadcasting games with, listening to Rod Phillips call a game back in the state. Don't forget the Calgary Flames finished ahead of Edmonton during the 87-88 regular season. And Mark Messier took a penalty, and there may have been a young, dumb 22-year-old kid who was a little bit upset that Messier was undisciplined, taking you know, and thinking, oh, we could have had this game, and now Messier takes it. And then Gretzky blows one over the shoulder of Mike Vernon. Agree or disagree, the greatest goal Wayne Gretzky ever scored as an Edmonton. Wayne will tell you it was the biggest goal he scored in Oilers history or in his history as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. What do you think, Brendan? It's a pretty iconic goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's a tough one. Like I wasn't born at the time, but I still have that image of, of him winding up with the, the rafter-tickling uh, slap shot there and blowing it past Mike Vernon. Like That's that's pretty iconic in its own right. The only thing I would say it'd be rivaled by would be his when he broke the record with, uh, with Los Angeles and did the running celebration yeah uh, as a member of the king but you know what uh it was just hey he's the goat he's the greatest of all time we know that and if you ever had the privilege of meeting wayne uh and that, that that's what you often find with the best people is that they're most you know they're very giving uh but uh Bob, that overtime call certainly lacked the enthusiasm that Jack would give it. There was also a moment where Glenn Sather, right after the goal, turned around and gave it to the Calgary crowd. The uh, Oilers went up 2-0, and then in Game 3, Marty McSorley speared Mike Bullard. Uh, Marty alleged that he didn't know where he was after he got hit from behind in the boards, went up the ice. The Oilers were in the process of scoring a goal, and the next thing we knew was Mike Bullard was on a stretcher, being stretchered off the ice. That was old school. As a 22-year-old guy from Edmonton, and people in the Flames had beaten the Oilers in the 80s. Ah, they didn't beat the Oilers in the 86 playoffs. Edmonton kind of beat themselves, didn't they? I mean, and Calgary won four games. And uh, it was a huge moment for, for the Flames, though they didn't win the Cup that year. They would win the next year in 89. Uh, but it was massive. It was massive when Gretzky scored that goal. And you had a bunch of uh, guys, some of whom didn't have very good bodies, as I recall, back in the day. Not the body shame. Jumping around, because a lot of the guys, the ranges in age were like 25 to 50, jumping around when uh, it just shows you how much passion people have for the game and how much love for the team they have. Jumping around when uh, the great one bombed one over. It was awesome. I mean, you can't argue with that overtime slap. Slap, it's got to be the greatest goal that Gretzky ever scored. Again, you can tax us. What was better, Gretzky's over Vernon or the Iserman goal? Uh, he's saying the Iserman goal against the Leafs. Don't you mean the Iserman goal against St. Louis when he bombed one? Uh, there we go. Uh, Jimbo says, Bob, the biggest goal Wayne Gretzky scored was 50 in 39 games. Well, the problem was that was almost anticlimactic, wasn't it? Because it was in an empty net. 
And this was in <laughs> gave Edmonton full control of the 1988 playoff series against their arch rival, the Calgary Flames. Tomorrow. We have a fluid show. We're going to tell you right now. Uh, we're going to give Elliot Friedman the uh, week off tomorrow, uh, but Elliot will return uh, a week uh, from Friday for Mid-City Construction Management. Sportsnet's Mark Spector will join us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Al May, longtime uh, NHL player and broadcaster for the Washington Capitals. Uh, he will be on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Full preview of the Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. Two awesome games so far between those two teams. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. What's he got shaking tonight from 6 to 8? Ooh, you We'll hear from uh, Sportsnet's uh, Craig McTavish, NFL, or rather, rather NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst, uh, Kelly Rudy, Colorado Avalanche play-by-play man, Connor McGahee, Oilers play-by-play man, Cam Moon, live from Rogers Place. He'll be talking about game one between the Oil Kings and Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah, well, we're going. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for calling, bud. Uh, anyhow, up next, a uh, global news weather traffic update. Love having Booner. Uh, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 today, and then the 6.30 Jet Afternoons with Jalen and I. Special thanks to our guest today, Dan Milstein from uh, Gold Star Player Agency, represents uh, free agent Andre Kuzmenko. We're going to be following that story. End of Andrew Kane. Uh, Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel. Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack and Kurt Hill. Again, the Oil Kings tonight. Uh, tickets still available oilkings.ca. They open up the WHL playoffs against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Back at you tomorrow at noon. So long everybody from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.